Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor. And this is your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 408. Back at it after a week off, I think, about. A week and some change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lauren's microphone just like dro- <laughs> fell apart. That's part of what's been going on here. The studio. Oh my gosh. There's just so much shit. Ugh. Sorry for the uh, curse words. Going on in this room over the past like couple weeks, it's been. There's so much going on just in life, as I'm sure you listening have going on as well. It's chaos over here. One point a couple weeks ago, I walked into this studio and everything in the room was off. The computers were off, the hard drives were off, and I leave this stuff on like almost 24-7, right? The lights were off, the secret passageway thing was open, so the whole room had no power. And I could hear the battery back up making this cycling sound. Like, so... What was happening was everything was plugged into this battery backup. Sorry, sorry for the boring details. Everything was plugged into this battery backup system, right? In case the power goes off or there's some sort of surge. This whole studio is connected to a battery backup system. So it like stays running during like a power failure. So you're able to shut down everything safely. Well, I stupidly trying to save $200 didn't replace the battery that you're supposed to replace every three years. I let it sit for like seven years oh and I, I just like overwritten like there's an alarm on it. Right. And I kept overriding the alarm because I didn't want to spend $200 for the freaking battery. Oh so no. eventually what happened was the thing just completely blew and kept trying to turn itself on and off. So all my hard drives and everything was being turned on, off, on, off, on, off. And it killed everything. It, my computer wouldn't turn on anymore. I thought I lost everything from all the hard drives. I had like a meltdown. It was crazy. Like he couldn't even talk. Like your voice was shaking and you were like stuttering and like saying the same thing over and over again. I was really weirded out. I had like a meltdown. Like I thought that everything I do, like my day job is working for a radio station. Everything I do is audio on a hard drive on my hard drives. And My backup is always connected along with everything else, right? So even my backup wouldn't turn on anymore. And I was like, oh my God, everything I've ever done throughout my whole entire career, 30 whatever years in radio, has just disappeared into the ether, never to be seen again. uh, Voice recordings of our kids, like all this stuff. I was like, it is gone because I couldn't spend $200 for the freaking backup battery. So... Went down to see Magic Mike 
in Sherman Oaks. Is he? He's not a stripper. Well, that's it. They call him Magic Mike. They call him Magic Mike. Sure they do. He, he's a data recovery specialist and he works on computers. So I brought him the PC. He said, no worries. It was just a power supply. He got it working. And then once that computer started working, I plugged all the drives into that computer and it powered everything up again. And I ran and got a new hard drive that I now keep disconnected. That's a lesson to everybody listening. If you have a backup, keep it like take all your stuff in the back and then disconnect it. Put it somewhere else in case some something stupid like this happens. And I'm sure it won't happen to you because you're not as stupid as I am. But anyway. So that was thing number one. Then the next day, I have these brand new sunglasses. I got, I haven't, I, I, I wear prescription glasses and I've put off getting brand new prescription sunglasses for, I don't know, a decade because they're so expensive. So finally I go, okay, I'm going to like splurge. I'm going to get the sunglasses, the prescription sunglasses. I get the sunglasses. I swear I have them two weeks. I walk in the house, put them down, never to be seen again. Gone. Still gone. Still missing. I've torn what? up the whole house. I don't know what, where they are. I don't know where they are. Okay, let's back up. We went to Delusion, which was oh. amazing, by the way. Yes, and Leo, Leo couldn't make it. Unfortunately, it was Leo. You missed a great yeah. time. It was, it was a good one. Um, thanks to John Braver, by the way. Yes, for, uh, he incredible. He, he hooked had us it up. Over. So nice. Yeah, we went with our friends. It was super fun. I can't remember. I can't recommend it more. It's like I know it's over, but next year you have to do it. But anyway, we'll have John on very soon. Anyway, we're gonna yeah. talk all about it. Anyway, okay. Uh, when we got there, so I don't like to bring like a bag or a purse because you're running around like a crazy person trying to do all these things. So. Trevor's like, you should just bring your ID just in case. And I'm like, okay. So I had that in a set of keys. And when we got there, I gave Trevor, because he has like a wallet that my I didn't have pants out of pockets. Yeah, I had like cargo pants on. So I gave him my ID and then the keys, assuming he was going to put the ID in his wallet. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. I don't even remember getting the license. But whatever happened, we got out of the car and I said, did you give me a license? She's like, yeah, I gave you my license. You put it in your pocket. I was like, no, it's not here. Like disappeared, Leo. Like disappeared. We looked all around the car underneath all the seats. Like I ripped the car apart, walked, retraced our path. There was nobody where we were either. It was like in an industrial area. I retraced the steps. There was nothing. No license. And I lot like when I checked my pocket to see if I had the license or not, we were maybe 10 feet away from the car. So like it had to have happened somewhere between her giving it to me and 10 feet away from the car. So I would surely be able to find it wasn't like it was in the, you know, in the maze, right? In delusion somewhere in the house, you know, it fell out while I was, you know, running around a room or something. No, she gave it to me instantly lost. Like, I don't know what the hell is happening. I don't know. But like maybe someone's living in the walls here or something like what the hell? More like living in the car. I don't know. I don't know. I can't figure it out. So now like whenever parking ticket, like, you know, you get a parking pass when you go to the parking garage. If if she gives me the parking garage or if I take the thing, put it in my pocket, it's gone. You it's always give gone. It to me now. Cause it's because it vanishes. 
I don't know where it goes, Leo. I don't know where it goes. I, 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 oh, man, that's wild. I don't know what's happening. So that that kind of kicked off what became the past few weeks. And then all of a sudden, right Thanksgiving, all the kids get off Thanksgiving a couple days before. Everybody gets sick. Not one of us doesn't get it. Well, now Lauren's sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but all of us got sick. I, I ended up being okay on Thanksgiving Day, but all the plans are screwed up, right? Because we go to the families. So I was here with two of the kids who were too sick to go. Or three of the kids? How many kids? Oh, how man. Yeah, three. I was here with three. And you took our, our daughter. She was all right. You guys were okay at that point. And did Thanksgiving over there. And over here, I messed everything up. Try to do Thanksgiving. What did I do? What did I what did I do? It was like a horrible concoction mess that I did. Oh, I, I got a rotisserie chicken and mac and, and mac and cheese. And and I no matter how long I microwaved it for, it was cold. <laughs> it was ice cold. Oh, What's happening? I don't know. Dude. So needless to say, I've been in a sour mood. Righteously right. so. Yeah, right. So anyway, that's that's kind of been that's kind of been so we you know we were not for lack of trying we've been trying to get a new episode out for the past feels like two weeks and, and it just haven't had no luck yeah sorry to the two of you that listen yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> sorry I think it's just one now yeah but yeah so there's no guess this week if you haven't figured that out already if you're still listening my god. Like, where's the horror? There's the horror for you. Real life. <laughs> God. I know, Leo, right? Jeez. Leo, anything going on in your world before we start talking horror? Oh, no, man. Nothing? Compared to what you guys went through, very uneventful. Well, that's good, though. I like hearing that. Did you go away and do anything for Thanksgiving? I went over to my sister's house. Cool. Local? out there close to where you guys live out there. Nice, nice. That's about it. Very, very quiet. Okay. Had a nice dinner and just, um, sit, just came home and slept it off. Nice. Nice. Watch anything? Do anything cool, horror related? Did not do anything cool, but yeah, watch some stuff. Definitely watch some, some new horror out there that, that I've been putting off for a while. Lay one on me. Let's talk about it. All right. Have you guys uh, checked out When Evil Lurks? I uh, We did. And I got to say, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say anything. I got to say something about it. When Evil Lurks. Remember we Too started much. watching it? Too Too much reading? Everybody was like, this is going to be you know, awesome. The most scary movie of the year. A lot of really great reviews for it. I couldn't get into it. I watched it for maybe the first 30 minutes and I just, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't, in, uh, again, maybe I wasn't in the mood for it. I don't know, but I, it didn't affect me in that way. And I was kind of like, eh, eh. But obviously, did, did you, what did you think of it? Were you, were you uh, charmed by it? Yeah, it was one of those movies where I didn't know anything about it. Didn't even watch the trailer. Um, all I knew is that, uh, uh, Damien Rugna, the director, writer, director from Argentina. He was, he's one of the directors from, um, Mike Mendez's, uh, Satanic Hispanics, right? Yep. Yep. And, um, a lot of people were raving about this movie and I thought, well, okay, give it a chance. 
Uh, for me, right off the bat, it kind of just shocked me. Now, it's, it's, it's always tough because movies like this, you're, you're, you're reading because it's subtitled, right? Yeah. Gotta really be into it, you know, and that's hard because sometimes I don't want to read, you know, I just don't, I just want to like lay back and just not pay attention all that, you know, closely sometimes. Yeah, you know? exactly. There is a definitely so, like a different kind of attention you pay something when you have to read it on the screen for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, I understand, speak, write, read Spanish and all that. So, but because it's, you know, an Argentinian film, some of the words are different. I'm not sure what he's saying. What they're saying so you really have to read you know the subtitles but i got into it really quick because the movie does not take long to get into yeah some um, of those gore scenes like at the beginning those you know they're they're great right they're they're shocking it's out of control and but uh, i don't know for me i couldn't get into the story the lore I, I couldn't get into the lore fast enough for some reason like i love the gore but i couldn't get into the i couldn't get into the lore love the gore couldn't get the lore yeah it's interesting because it's a, it's a fresh, different take on an exorcism film. It's like, it's like, hey, here's a demon, and guess what? There's no priests. So you're like, well, what's going to happen? Like, uh, what? You know, uh, so you have, to, you have to follow the lore, the storytelling that's unfolding, which talks about, you know, you know, what the villagers believe, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, somebody's infected, you know, whatever. So we gotta go fucking kill him, you know. Like, like there's no, there's no like, oh, poor kid or poor girl. It's like, no, 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 we gotta go kill him now, you know. Uh, so that's what they believe, which is very different than like, hey, let's go get help, you know. Let's go call a priest, you know. It's like none of that in this film. It's, it's a very different film. What I did like is how you get a shocking moment, and then you get another, and then you're like, okay, I'm safe, you know, because they're in the house, they're talking, whatever immediately another shocking moment like damn or like like you really the director really catches you off guard with these moments so if you get into it like it's it's get some little surprises here and there you know but yeah it's it's um it's a film you gotta really be invested in to to pay attention to and for me i had a hard time with that because i did not feel like reading you know the whole time but i had to turns out because otherwise i wouldn't understand the local meanings dialects words they use down in south america you know sure but but yeah overall i did enjoy it i did enjoy it um another one of those low budget films where like hey you know we're gonna have some pretty cool gore and stuff you know with some characters and but overall it's like it's gonna get it's gonna get wild. It's gonna get crazy. It's just follow, follow the lore, you know. So yeah, I can totally understand that uh, if it's hard to get into at first, or if it's the wrong time, wrong day, or yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you know with anything that I, that I have that reaction to, and I don't give it the fair shake, that's that's what I usually chalk it up to. It's like it's it's got to be right. just the wrong day because there is no honest opinion unless you've sat and digested the entire piece of work. Right. That's the only honest way you can give an honest criticism or have an opinion about anything. So that said, yes, I do have to revisit it. But that was just yeah, but it was probably the wrong day, wrong time. I'm sure there's a a bunch of great things I could think of after seeing it, but I I will definitely definitely check it out based on what you're saying. Um, Yeah. I mean, good points all around. I mean, 
The gore was shocking. It was shocking. That that part I definitely liked. Yes. I want to watch it like during the day. Yeah, fresh eyes. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Lately, we haven't had very much fresh eyes, as you can tell. Because, yeah, so we, yeah. we watched it during the tempest of our lives <laughs> this past couple weeks. Yeah. So probably everything's taken with it like a, <laughs> a spoonful of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was, I caught up on some reading. I don't know. Talk about that. I probably talked about this before. Oh, there's Lauren, Lauren with the sneeze. Sorry. I, I think I've talked about this before. I, I got caught up on reading uh, Vampirus Carmilla, which is this new anthology horror magazine, black and white format done in the style of the Warren publishing mags that go back to the fifties, like books like creepy, eerie, Vampirella, and it really harnesses that energy. So it really takes you back. And it feels like you're back in the late 50s, 60s, reading a horror comic. And it is awesome. I used to go to a cabin cool. every Easter. And the family up there had all those old comic books and magazines. And that's what we used to do. We used to go up there and kind of unearth these these old older magazines and, and sit there and read them all throughout the Easter holiday. And it, uh, it was amazing. You're sitting in a creepy cabin in the woods, you're reading horror comics, nostalgia. It was the best. So sitting here and reading those comics makes it transports me right back to that era. And I'm just, I love the horror anthology format. And Lauren and I also have been busy on our anthology horror podcast the Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings and Odd Goings On. Yeah, good, they, good stuff there, man. Thank you, thank you. That you could, and, a, and a hell of a lot of work, my gosh. That's been that's been keeping us busy as well. Uh, but yeah, so I've been just consuming anthology stuff left and right because it's I find it really inspiring. So I got caught up on some of that, and I really recommend heading out and, and grabbing. There's besides Vampires Carmilla, there's another one that they do called Shudder, which is really really good as well. And yeah, so we did that. And then what else? Oh, by the way, Antiquarium this week, the episode we have out features Mike Flanagan narrating, co-stars Kate Siegel, David Desmalchins in it. As Mike's wife. As Mike's wife. And Mike stars as Mike. And Leah Kilpatrick's in it as well. I'm in it. Lauren's in it. Our kids are in it. (laughs) It's It's big party. Yeah, it's a huge... It's a huge cast. It's an ensemble cast. But you can go listen to that right now wherever you get your podcasts. And so we've been watching Fall of the House of Usher. Finally, we've been able to sit down and start unraveling Fall of the House of Usher. We're about at episode six right now. So we've been going on that journey. Leo, have you partaken yet in Fall of the House of Usher? I, no, I haven't even started it yet. It's been, it's been so tough to sit down to get that one started because, of you know, I really want to give my full attention, you know? Yeah. That's exactly the experience we've had, too. So that's why it's taken us this long. And yeah, we're in it, man. It is uh, is very, very unique. I mean, the one one of the many great things about Mike Flanagan is he his ability to reinvent himself constantly. It's never what you'd expect. And this is exactly that. It's not what you'd expect in a very delightful way. The performances are insane. The monologues, the writing is just at a, as a at an all-time peak. It's extraordinary. It's gripping and very fun to get through. And we can't wait to wrap it up over the next few episodes. And yeah, wait for Leo to see it all. And then we can have uh, some more in-depth conversations. And hopefully, have some cast. Now that strike's over, right? Yes. Have some cast come in and, and talk yeah. to us all about it. Because there's a lot to talk about. 
True. Yeah, and congrats to Mike on that show because uh, every you know every time I hear a recap, a weekly recap, like on like on talk radio, you know, yeah. they give you the news, like top movies of the week, top shows of the week, top streams, and Father of the House of Usher has been consistently number one week after week on on Netflix. That 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 blows my mind, and I'm so happy for him. Yeah, it's got a really strong dramatic hook, and I really think it's just gripping people and taking them along for the yeah. ride. And the characters, so many interesting characters too, that it's it's addictive in that way. It really is. I love it. Yeah, Michael Truco is. Oh my god, he's creepy in this. <laughs> he is so creepy in this, and I love it. It's so great. Anyway, <laughs> the Boo Crew will be right back. Black Christmas. There was a little girl murdered over in the park tonight. Yes, I heard. A high school girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls. Hello? (laughs) What are you doing? Remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs? Remember those? Remember them well? After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Uh, so yeah, we've been watching that, and oh, we we all went and saw. I believe Leo, you saw this too. Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Yes. So I, you guys went without me because I think that's when I was sick, and I yeah. took Scarlett, our fourteen-year-old daughter, to go see it the other night over the weekend, and uh, yeah, we had a great experience with it well as well. So what 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 was your guys' take on it, Leo? I'm very curious about yours. I've talked to Lauren; she'll tell you uh, tell everybody hers in a sec. But Leo, I want to hear what your take was on this movie. I never got to talk to you about it. Yeah, you know, I was really pleasantly surprised because um, just the way the movie kicks off, like, you know, you expect, oh, okay, let me backtrack. I didn't know what to expect because of the faux uh, trailer that he put out back in the Grindhouse movie days. I thought it was going to have that tone and that storyline, you know. Yeah, kind of like that throwback feel of that Grindhouse thing. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 And it didn't. It just had a, had a solid story, you know, and, I, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, apparently this John Carver guy is real. I was wondering about that. I never got to look that up. Lauren, yeah, this is like, the, this is like Joe Rogan. We'll ask him, look that up, Lauren. I am. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I was wondering if it was based on, it was based on like, on a true, true, true history. Yeah, apparently. Because I mean, the name, the name is perfect for a John Carver. Right. Come on. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he was a killer or anything. But he was a person that lived. You know. Sure, sure. But I'm just um, saying the name sounds like they yeah. made it up for the movie. It's perfect. Yeah. Right. You know what I was? Well, yeah. yeah, I did. No, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but to start, I, I didn't even realize. Like this, uh, you call me stupid. I didn't even realize Eli Roth directed this until the very end of the movie because I always thought that he was on as a producer and co-writer. 
and that Justin Harding was directing this entire movie for some reason, who has worked on his TV shows like Urban Legend and Haunted right. Museum. I thought it was Justin Harding directing, but I think he was like an assistant director or part of a, a unit, but it was actually Eli that directed the whole thing. Did, was I the only one who thought yes. this, or did you think that too, Leo? No, I did think so. I did think some of that before because I thought I read that's what I'd read before, you know. Yeah, that's I, I like, swear I read that oh, somewhere. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I was uh surprised that he you know, ended up directing it himself. But you can kind of see, you know, that it would take Eli Roth to, to, to pull this off because I mean there are there are some scenes in the beginning where there's massive amounts of people. You know, it's like hundreds, thousands, you know? Yeah. And then the choreography of, of, of what goes down in the opening scene. And not the opening scene, but, you know, the opening, you know, first 10, 20 minutes of the movie. You're yeah. Like, an, an amazing, an amazing, <laughs> an amazing yeah. sequence of events, too. I yeah. loved it. It's so great. And, it, and it's so perfect because it sets up like a premise or excuse for the movie to exist, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's so much social commentary on this thing that's right in your face and it right. makes perfect sense. Right. It, they really did a good job of making a story that connects because I was instantly yeah. in for the whole thing. And to me, it was like, it really came across as, I, I got to say, I liked, <laughs> this is a hot take. I enjoyed it more than a lot of the Scream movies. Like, I thought oh, it was, it yeah. was like, it was Scream. It was what I liked about the Scream movies mixed in with what's great about Terrifier, where they pull no punches. They aren't afraid to go take it super super far to the point where when we saw it people were laughing through a lot of it and then the more intense parts as the movie progresses and gets really crazy people stop laughing and i noticed i was like the only one laughing because it was so crazy yeah like i loved it i loved it yeah. so so much how far they went oh dude and and those kills were so spectacular oh because it's like it's not like just like hey we're going to take an axe to the head or something. No, no, no. We're going to fuck you up bad for the first, you know, 30 seconds. And then you think that the scene's over and it's like, no, 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 no. Something worse is about to happen. So the kills were fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Yes. It, like practical gore effects all over the place. Yeah. I love that so much. Lauren, course, you got yeah, the sexiest. What, what were you going to say? You know, in the, in this, in the great cast, which I really, I really enjoy the cast. But you also have the sexiest man alive in the cast. I go, wow! I never, I never thought I'd see uh, Patrick Dempsey in a horror movie. Right? Yeah, I know. I didn't even playing a police again. Officer. Like I didn't, I didn't, I, I went in totally. I don't even think I looked at a poster before going to see it. So I didn't even know Patrick Dempsey was in the movie. I didn't know yeah. anything about any of the cast. Really, it was my daughter was like, a lot of these people are social influencers, like Addison Ray and. I think there was a oh, Disney, right. someone from a Disney movie in there, like the zombie Disney musical, I think was in there. And, uh, yeah, she, she, she knew who all these people were, but yeah, man, man, do I ever sound old right now? Anyway, <laughs> Lauren, what was your take on it? You were excited for me to see it. Like was, Lauren was like, you gotta take Scarlett to go see it. Like you, you yeah. bought us our tickets. You're like, get out and see it. I know. I put up with the rest of our children just so you guys can go see it. <laughs> And that was not fun. That was definitely it not It was scarier fun. than the movie, probably. <sighs> that yeah. cough was on, uh, on Everett. So, yeah. Um, it was... I really 
really enjoyed it. It was everything I wanted it to be um, based on that trailer. I remember when we saw the trailer originally, I'm like, I thought this would make an incredible film if it was ever really made. Like, now I'm like, I want to see Edgar Wright's Don't. Yeah, they got to do every single one. The Rob Zombie yeah, one right. in there, too. And that, yeah, Edgar Wright's Don't. And well, we got Machete, right? We got yeah. Machete and we got Thanksgiving. This is great. Let's yeah. keep it going. Let's definitely keep it going. I just, I love it because the kills were so intense and practical and done so well. And I love all the props. And I love Thanksgiving. Like, I just love that holiday because it's about family and food. And I love both those things. And the weather is usually just awesome around that time yeah. of year. And also, cinematically, I remember, the, was it last year, two years ago? I don't know. We got, a, we got knives out. Yes. And I remember seeing that on Thanksgiving. To me, that was a perfect Thanksgiving movie, right? Yeah. Giant family and some old creepy haunted looking house, and so and yeah, and then we get Thanksgiving. We get Eli Roth's Thanksgiving this year, just just great. Yeah, it's there's not enough Thanksgiving movies. I feel like so this is so good because I like when the seasons come along. You know, I watch like Anna and the Apocalypse during the Christmas yeah. season and yeah. like all the Christmas movies, horror movies, and then obviously the Halloween classics. But then during Thanksgiving, I like to watch, you know, I want something seasonal and there wasn't a lot. And I'm now I'm going to watch this every Thanksgiving. Yeah. He's given us a new modern classic. I will say back in 2007 when Grindhouse came out, just the, and I'm, I'm probably talking about this before, but just the experience of sitting in the theater when they did that run of playing both Death Proof and Planet Terror back to back, when they had them both together and they had the trailers, because then they split them up for, the, right? Because people weren't, people didn't get it. Yeah. I remember people weren't going to see Grindhouse because they didn't really get it. And I understand that. And then they split up Death Proof and Planet Terror. But for the while that they were doing, kind of that big the roadshow version where you got to experience it all at once it was and still remains as, as probably my most memorable cinematic experience of my lifetime to be able to sit there and and just immerse yourself in that experience that they created because it was an immersive experience beginning to end it was just not these great movies it was the vibe that was surrounding them with the fake trailers and the intermission, old intermission footages from drive-in theaters and everything. And it just evoked such a strong emotional connection to those days. And it took you back there and made you feel like you were sitting in the movie theater back then. And it just, I'll never forget it. And to be able to see those trailers and now have them come to life, I just, ah, I'm tickled pink. What can I say? I just, I loved it. I love being able to see it. And I like... You know, now that I, I was kind of thinking, okay, well, because I remember, I think I asked you, because you'd seen it first, whether it did have that throwback vibe, whether the film was kind of degraded and, and had that old vintage kind of look, and you said it didn't. I'm almost glad because I wonder if they made that decision because it, it would have made the whole film just campy. Like right. uh, almost overwhelmingly campy, and it, it might have made some of the social commentary and the 
the the visceralness of those crazy special effects and everything have maybe less of an impact if they weren't drilled into as a very serious as a very serious moments you know maybe that's that was part of the thinking leo what do you think about that yeah i I agree with that totally and uh and also uh, i was thinking of how he still managed to pull and pay homage to his original trailer yeah like there were i think two or three scenes Mm -hmm. that were pulled from the trailer where where you're like he's not gonna film that and he does and you're like shit um and that's like i i was just smiling there were no scenes because it was just like okay so you can't film your original movie stylistically and comically or you know but you're making it as a modern day more serious of a slasher you know with a storyline that makes sense and yet he still paid homage to those scenes and i go fantastic so i really thought that when those scenes played out it was like just a great little Easter egg fun, you know, for us. Yeah, you could, you could, you could pick out the people in the theater who remembered that from the trailer, who saw the original trailer, yeah. and were like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, I got really excited. And it was also, it's also nice to know, looking this up, that th- this movie was written by the same person or co-written. It was Eli and then his co-writer, and they were also the same two who came up with the original idea for for that trailer so it's not like sorry they enlisted a new writer or something it was jeff rendell who they they came up with the idea for thanksgiving back when they were 18 the two of them were joking about this and then ended up using that idea for the trailer and then you know went and wrote this this whole script i'm very curious so i haven't seen any recent interviews with with eli if this original idea they had for Thanksgiving was closer to the cinematic version we just got or the trailer that we got that we saw in Grindhouse or if it was even thought out to the version of that cinematic version that we just got the full feature length I'm very curious about that so John Carver was one of the pilgrims who braved the Mayflower voyage in 1620 which resulted in the creation of Plymouth Colony in America. He is credited with writing the Mayflower Compact and was its first signer, and he was also the first governor of Plymouth Colony. That's perfect. And they must have, when they were looking through this lore and everything, they must have been like, we'll use John Carver. Yes. Fucking perfect. Right? (laughs) (laughs) And the mask design, too. We get a great mask. We get a new iconic mask. Oh, what's not to love about Thanksgiving? I I don't know. I love I love it all. Anything else, Leo? Did you catch anything else? Uh, That and and I just watched a bunch of um twilight zone episodes that got really inspired oh, because uh yeah twilight zone lauren you had that experience with twilight zone and thanksgiving kind of go hand in hand right yeah, yeah i think the marathon they used to show it i used to watch it every thanksgiving all day on tv yeah same year that was a tradition for me too but i don't know when they stopped that and now it's like a weird new year's eve tradition or something i think um that's that's when you'll see them on tv but i'll just stream them on uh whatever app that is you know that that has them like i look it, i look it up on the app and then it shows me the episodes and i should play um but there's it's just amazing that one guy wrote those ep- 
most of those episodes, you know? Uh, Rod, like Rod Sterling, like, I think his daughter's still alive, so, you know, she... She's kind of a spokesperson, you know, for him, you know? Uh, like, she'll go, she'll go on talk radio once a year around this time and talk about his legacy and all that, but just... I mean, talk about how, like, like I, I see what you guys do with Anthicorium podcasts. Like, you know, how much creativity that takes and how much effort and work. And I'm thinking, that's what it's got to be like to be like Rod Sterling. Like, just have all these wild ideas uh, to make each Twilight Zone episode and yet cast unknown actors who later become big Hollywood actors. Oh. You know, so it's like, like maybe you would have seen, like, a couple of things that Elizabeth Montgomery was in, and then she's famous for Bewitched, you know, and she was in a couple episodes of, of uh, you know, of uh, Twilight Zone. Same thing with William Shatner. Oh, yeah, that's right. We saw, we were watching that. Remember, we were watching the, uh, the on Disney Plus, oh, the yeah. behind the attraction, is that what it's called? When they go behind yeah. the, you know, the making of the rides, and they were doing, oh, we right. watched the Tower of Terror one, and they were showing all the clips because they had to sit and watch every single episode of Twilight Zone the Imagineers when they were making that ride and they showed yeah, the clips of the William Shatner and everything in the in the old Twilight Zones. Yeah. So cool. So cool. We actually, uh, our daughter who was watching the Behind the Attraction show with us, we started taking her down kind of like a horror education. Well, you you did, Lauren, right? You, she was watching It's Chapter 1 and 2, Black Phone, Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh, yeah. She just dived and right. This is little JD. This isn't our 14-year-old. This, this is like our 9-year-old. Oh, no. Yeah. She's like obsessed with it. Chapter one. I no, I didn't let her watch chapter two. I think she has to be a little older to understand it. Yeah. So I told her she had to wait. She watched the black phone without me. Like I didn't know she. Was oh really? She it. just watched that on her own. Yeah. I think she was like, well, since I saw it, I can watch this. Yeah. Oh no. She was like, oh, the kids are just downstairs all the time. I don't know, but it. It chapter one. Like that was, she kept going back to it chapter one out of everything she saw. It chapter one. She put it on today. Like really? That's like her, her go to now. And she's very mad at the lack of it props in this house. God. Yeah. You and me both kid. I know. So, yeah. but she, and on her Christmas list, Pennywise costume <laughs> and a curse word pass. Yeah. Curse word pass. I asked her, like, is that, like, one, like, is it limited? What does that mean? Like, you say a word, you get a, a chill, like, you know, we have a hole puncher, you know, like a loyalty card, like a yogurt land or whatever, and, like, pop a thing because she says a F-bomb, and she only gets nine more or whatever for the year, but no, she says I get to say swear all the time. Oh, gosh. She's like, what do you want to say? No. Like, what do you want to say? Why? Why is swearing so fun? Oh, my gosh. She's yeah. into it. She That's dropped an F-bomb upstairs tonight. She did? Yeah, she just said, fuck. And I was like, lost dessert, dude. Why and then she came she up to me it? and kicked the desk I was building. But I why did she drop the F-bomb? No reason. Oh, man. She just walked in and she go, fuck. I was like, what the hell? What did you say? You sure she wasn't watching hockey and then she yelled, fuck? No, 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 no. Yeah, straight up. Everett's like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, kiddos kiddos oh and then you watch five nights at freddy yes we watch five nights at freddy's what is it called five nights at freddy five nights at freddy's yeah 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 we watched officially that. now what the highest grossing uh 
Yeah, Blum, Blum's yeah movie. that's right. Blum's movie, yeah. Yep, we watched that, and I kept referring to the characters as like things I've seen them in. And oh, I was like, like Elizabeth Lale from yeah, you. I was like Peta. Yeah. And Jane was like, "What?" I was like, "That guy." Like I couldn't catch his name. I think because I was like, I was busy and I don't know. I was working, and then. They were also talking. It was just madness. So I couldn't really catch anybody's name. So I'm like, what did, you know, Guinevere Beck just do? Like, and they're like all confused. I still remember. I, I like sometimes I forget that Elizabeth Lale had come over to promote Countdown. Yes. I don't think I'll ever forget that. And because I had like barely just started watching you at that point. And you had been watching you for a while. So you were super excited that she was in. And then right after she left, I started like, like, okay, I'm going to watch the rest of you. And now I wish I could go back and re-meet her. Yeah. Because, oh my God, she's so fantastic. She is. Yeah. 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 If you haven't watched you, by the way. Oh, I can't believe we still haven't finished Servant. Lauren and I have not finished Servant. We left it on like a cliffhanger. I think we were three episodes out. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Wow. I'll tell you though, it is a great ending. Oh, TV has become something that's been so hard for us, you know, just due due to the commitment, right? You like we've said, you got to be in the right mindset to be able to consume because if you stop and let life get in the way for a while, you can sometimes forget everything you just saw, right? You kind of got to, totally. you got to keep building on it. Watch, 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 you know? Anyhow, I think well, there was something else I was going to talk about. Oh, yes. I wanted to talk about this before we before we end this. I just saw recently, stumbled across this by accident, but John Squires at Bloody Disgusting just wrote an article uh, about Mick G and the babysitter, and we're in the article. What? Yeah. What? The hell? So we quote this. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the a little That's bit of the article. So I'm nice. According to director Mick G, who helmed both this is John Squire's words happening here from BloodyDisgusting.com. According to director Mick G, who helmed both the Babysitter and the Babysitter Killer Queen, the possibility of a third film in the franchise is very much still on the table. That makes me very excited. I love the Babysitter films. It makes me really excited yeah? too. So here we go. Yeah, we're still talking about it. He tells ComicBook.com. It was fun. The first movie obviously gave Samara Weaving to the world. The second movie was Jenna Ortega. Hopefully we can answer the call and find a third star that reaches those lofty heights. There have always been three beats to this story. McGee explained to Bloody Disgusting's own Boo Crew back in 2020. I remember that. I remember being very excited. Shortly after the release of Killer Queen, there's the first beat, which is an adolescent Cole who's having these strange feelings about the babysitter, but naturally it's not appropriate for him to realize those feelings with a grown woman. In the second film, he's in an age where he can experience love and we can explore that. I don't want to talk about the third beat of the Cole arc yet, but should the audience like this movie, we are ready to do the third one. Let's see if people like this one. You can see Judah Lewis, by the way, in Joe Lynch's suitable fresh flesh. If you want to get your Judah Lewis fix, he is phenomenal. And phenomenal in the babysitter movies as well. Yeah. Anyway. So wait, so are we getting another one? It sounds like it's very possible. Maybe he said that to kind of stoke the fire, get get the audience 
starting to drill those questions again and, and demand it. So I think we should. I would love to see those first two. Like to me, the second one is just as good as the first one. They're so fun, right? They're yes. so fun. So high energy. Leo, would you be excited for a third babysitter? Yeah, definitely. Would bring back, um, yeah, bring Thorn. Bring back everybody. You gotta have the. Yep. You gotta have the whole crew. So good. Well, we'll keep you posted on that as uh, details emerge, and hopefully there will you know, be details very soon. Yeah, you know what we're not gonna get? What? Jenna Ortega and Scream. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I heard about that. It's gonna be interesting to see it's what amazing. happens with the future of that yeah. uh, of that franchise. We're very excited to see a Chris Landon Scream. Yes. He is so great. He's amazing. Because she's not even she's not even the lead actress in the movie. It's uh, the other girl. I can't think of her name. Uh, Barbara. They basically kicked her out of the movie because of something she posted online about the Middle Eastern situation. Mm-hmm. And then soon after, Jen Ortega was like, "I'm out." Because well, of my I, scheduling conflict. Yeah, I think it's they're gonna have to rework the whole thing. But so if anybody like, can do it. Chris Landon it's is the, Chris yeah he Landon. can do it he can do it of course yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out also oh one more thing finally we've been hearing so much about this movie people have been seeing it at festivals and have been so damn jealous Nosferatu that as well but late night with the devil David Desmouch and late night with the devil it's it got picked up by IFC Shutter. No release date yet that I've been able to find, but I know that it's getting a theatrical first and we will be all there seeing this thing. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I won't dive too far into the reviews because I don't want it spoiled in any way. I know it takes place in the 70s. He plays a talk show host and his performance is just obviously mind blowing. And I, I, I mean, he's an incredible actor. Nothing he's done has been anything short of extraordinary. So. I, I can't wait to experience this film. And I will be in the theater. We will, we will all be there. We will all be there. Cheering on David and experiencing the horror of Late Night with the Devil. Yep. I don't know. I'm out of, I'm out of gas now, man. My voice is starting to go because I'm still kind of getting over this thing. You guys got anything else or, or are we good to go for this week? Are we calling it, we calling it an episode? We calling it a mediocre episode. Do we know when Nosferatu is coming out? Or we just saw images. I don't know. I'm very excited. I need to look more into that. Leo, do you know? You just look it up, Lauren. You can look it up. Robert Eggers. Here, let me write. This is real super pro. Nosferatu. I think, I think it's done, right? It is done. I'm pretty sure. Because I've been hearing rumblings of uh, test screenings and all that stuff been going on. I want to go to a test screening. Sometime this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's an official release date yet. They've just been leaking images and all that stuff. Nicholas Holt, haunted by Count Orlock. Very cool picture. Yeah, you can see him online. But anyway, yeah, that's gonna be great. Robert Eggers, God, so many great creators in the horror genre. It's a great time to yeah. be a horror fan. It really not is. a great time to be a Boo Crew fan. <laughs> <laughs> For you, for our one fan who's listening. Aww. Who's just our friend. Cheers to you in Indiana. All right. Well, we'll be back with another episode very soon. Hopefully better than this one. Possibly as soon as later this week. We will get 
writer Michael Kennedy on. We are so excited to talk to him about his new film, It's a Wonderful Knife. We got to make yes. this happen. We cannot wait. Shutter and AMC Plus December 1st. And I don't know, you listening, do you care about a year-end wrap-up show? DM us if, if, that's, if you even would listen to that. Production tracks for this one provided by the good folks at Power Man 5000. Till next time, for Leo, Lauren, and myself, it's the Boo Crew saying... Sweet screams. Hell yeah! Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shands and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shands, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shands. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting podcast network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.